Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the College Football Best Bets and Preview Show here from the Betting Predators. My name is Dalton Brown at Dalton on Sports. As always, I am joined by Klee Picks at Klee Picks on X. Um, exciting time of year in college football. Bowl season gets started in earnest this Saturday with a big slate of games. Um, we're going to go through the first eight bowl games on the schedule. We'll take it from the Myrtle Beach Bowl down to the Scooters Coffee Frisco Bowl. Should be an, an absolutely electric slate of games. Don't worry, they will get better as we go through bowl season. But plenty of fun on the card. No game with a spread bigger, bigger than six and a half. Actually, never mind. There's one with a spread of 13. But for the most part, pretty exciting games. So excited to run through them and, and hopefully give out some winners here when we start getting into some, some bets on them. But um, before we get too deep into that, we'll talk a little bit of college football playoff. Clee, how, how you been, man? I'm good, man. Uh, you know, happy bowl season is uh, almost here. You know, Saturday's coming fast. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about a little bit about what the, the committee did, you know, with the with the Final Four. But, you know, it's an interesting time of year, especially from a gambling standpoint, because it's more, I think, at this point of what you know in terms of instead of who you see, I guess is the way I say it. It's a very – Bowl season has turned into a lot of information-based betting. And I think, Don, you agree on that of who's playing, who's not playing. Is there motivation on one side or the other? Um, is there coaches leaving? You know, so on and so forth. So um, I know, like, in the first game we had with Ohio U, um, we'll, we'll, dump, we'll dump in that in a little bit. But, you know, there's a major player missing on one side of the ball. So – um, especially this time of day, you know, age with, with the transfer portal, um, so many players going in, so many players going out, you know, Indiana's top guard went into it, Carter, and he comes back, back to Indiana tonight. I mean, who knows, you know, it's one of those things where is the backup even better than the other guy, you know, Ohio state situation is Devin Brown going to outperform what Kyle McCord did, uh, this season against Missouri. Um, it's just an interesting time of the season, and uh, bowl season is a little bit different in terms of what it was, in terms of the excitement of it, but at the same time, though, it's a good opportunity to make a lot of money, though, too, um, with with, with these, these games. Yeah, couldn't agree more, and yeah, it's, it's definitely become a little bit of a strange time of year, uh, but still, we've got college football games between teams that don't face each other much, and that's reason enough to get excited, so... Uh, football is football. I'm not going to complain. Um, you know, I, I do want to talk a little bit about the college football playoff and, um, you know, obviously the decision that was made almost two weeks ago now. Um, you know, I, I think, look, it, it really depends on on what you value in terms of how you feel about the decision that was made. Um, I feel very strongly that Florida State should have had the fourth spot. Um, not because I believe Florida State is better than Alabama, because I also don't believe they're better than Georgia or Ohio State. Um, but the reality is Florida State was a nine-and-a-half-point favorite against Louisville before Jordan Travis was hurt on the look-ahead line. They won that game by 10. I get that they did it in defensive fashion as opposed to in aesthetically pleasing and pretty offensive fashion. Um, but at the end of the day, I think the precedent that you set by a team going 13-0 in a power conference – um, a team covering the spread in their last two games after the quarterback gets hurt um, and none of it mattering. Um, you know, I, I think it's, it's a really dangerous precedent to set. 
Um, you know, because the, the truly the messaging from the committee at that point becomes that the results of games don't matter. Um, now, some people are okay with that. They're entitled to that opinion. If, if they think that the games not mattering is okay, um, at the end of the day, if what matters to you most is having the most entertaining product possible on the field on uh, New Year's Day, then I think you've got that. Um, but to me, if we are prioritizing entertainment value and prioritizing uh, manipulating it to make sure that we have close games over making sure that teams are, are making it based on what's earned. I think that sets a dangerous precedent. I think that it doesn't match anything else that we do um, in American sports. So um, I think it's, it's a clear departure from that. I'm glad we're going to 12 next year because uh, these conversations will look a lot different. Um, you know, obviously if a team is, is debating between 12 and 13, I'm sure those arguments will happen, but it's a lot easier to point to a result or two and say, hey, you should have performed differently there. I think that's what stings so much for Seminoles fans is you can't point to any game on their schedule and say, hey, if you had done better there, you'd be in. So that's my brief tirade on it. The games are going to be awesome. Michigan, Alabama, Texas, Washington. It's going to be an awesome day of football. Uh, what, What were your thoughts in general there? Yeah, you know, we kind of talked about a pre-show there, Dalton. Um, I understand what the committee did in terms of wanting to make sure the best four teams right now are in um, and wanting the best two matchups they could provide, I guess, to go way to say it. But you, you kind of hit on the head where the precedent of, of the previous 11 games before the injury to Jordan Travis don't matter now. Um, and I think as, as we talked about before the conference championship show, it's, it's, it's a real kick in the keister, I'll, I'll censor myself there, and disrespect to the players of Florida State that busted their butts those first 11 and obviously then the final two games to get there and, and win those games. And just basically it means nothing. And now you have to go to a an Orange Bowl against Georgia and who knows who plays for them also. So um it's unfortunate you know you wish uh, if you were a florida state fan um because you know i I mean obviously as an ohio state fan i i get a lot of um messages of well you know you guys got in in 2014 it was a little different though i mean the ohio state won that big 10 championship game by 50 something points over a top 10 team in wisconsin you know, Louisville, if they have any sort of quarterback play, maybe wins that game against Florida State in the ACC championship game. So um, then in that aspect, it was a little different. But at the same time, though, I think, you know, I I, I wish, you know, Florida State would, would have been in there just because of, of what it means to those players. Um, but there's this side of me, too, as a football fan and as a better, I think we, we probably have a better matchup. So, again, as I said, I understand what the committee did. I'm not sure of agreements, agree, agreement of it. But at the same time, though, you know, there's this part of me that's a little selfish as an Ohio State fan that says, hey, you know, Michigan has their work cut out for them now, too. So um, it's a kind of a, a, a giant ball of that in my mind right now, if that makes any sense. And, you know, this giant dome of mine has a lot of different things going on. And God only knows what we'll all think of next. Yeah. Well, and, and, and listen, my, my, my issue with it, too, is, you know, I, I, what, what I keep hearing is, oh, well, you know, do we really want to watch a team like TCU get blown out 65-7 again, right? Um, I've seen that comment a lot. And, and my answer to it simply is yes, right? If a team earns the right to get blown out in a big game, 
we shouldn't just not give them the right to try and not get blown out in said big game. Um, nobody gave TCU a chance against Michigan last year either. A lot of people forget that. Michigan was a pretty big favorite in that game. Um, and and TCU came in and, and found a way to win it. Um, I'm not saying necessarily that that would have happened with Florida State, but I think they deserve that opportunity. And it's hard to argue that what we saw from their defense late in the season wasn't that of an elite unit. Who's to say they can't keep Michigan in a, in a tight, low-scoring game, maybe pull off a turnover late? I'm not saying it's likely they win that game, but I think the idea that there's zero chance that that game was going to be competitive is something that I would also push up against. And, you know, I think you make a great point about how now it says, well, clearly the first 11 games don't matter. Well, not only do Florida State's 11 wins not matter all of a sudden, but neither do Alabama's schedule. I mean, Alabama in the one, you know, their their one chance out of conference to prove themselves, they get handled comfortably at home by Texas. Um, and then in conference, you have a three-point win over four and eight Arkansas. You need a miracle to beat Auburn. This is not exactly a team that dominated the SEC. And, okay, well, I think the next step in a lot of people's minds is, yes, but it's the SEC. The SEC has to be better than the ACC. Does it? The SEC went four and six against the ACC in the regular season. The SEC had the worst had the worst out-of-conference record against other Power Five teams of any conference in the Power Five. The SEC's best win out of conference was, funnily enough, against Louisville by seven, the team that Florida State beat by 10 on a neutral in their championship game. So um, I think the only real argument for Alabama's clearly better than Florida State is to sit here and say, oh, well, you know, I, it's it's the eye test, right? It's it's the fact that I think they look better. They play a prettier brand of football. Um, so I just think if that's how we're going to start making these decisions, I think it, it you're, you're more or less setting a precedent for a team that, hey, you can't just be a great defensive team no matter how impressive your resume is. You got to look pretty on offense because this is about making this more entertaining than anything. Um, you know, and, and one other thing, while I have the floor and I'm on my soapbox, you know, I've, I've also heard a lot of people saying, well, you know, Florida State would be a 13-point underdog or this kind of underdog in that game. Folks, the, the Vegas spreads – are not meant to be gospel that's followed in how we determine games. They're, they're merely projections. Um, and by the way, if you've never seen a 13-point favorite or a 17-point favorite win a football game, you don't watch enough <laughs> football. You just don't. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that because I could sit here and tirade about it all night. I'm sure there are a lot of our listeners who vehemently disagree with me, and that's okay. Um, you know, Feel free to reach out to me and, and cuss at me and let me know. But – um, hey, man, I just let you go there, Dalton. You know, sometimes you just got to let it out. Yeah. You know what? And and, and it's it's all good. It, it's over now. You know, looking at the actual games, um, you know, we'll, we'll get into handicapping them a little bit later on. Um, you know, I, I know you and I had the same initial lean on Alabama-Michigan. I haven't talked mm-hmm. to you much about Washington-Texas yet. Um, you know, a, any initial thoughts for, you know, maybe a minute or so on the, on the games? Yeah, I'll touch on the the Washington Texas one first because it seems to be the most um, debatable. I think at this point, um, I think it's going to come down to quarterback play. I know it sounds cliche, but um, if, if you know Penix and this crew, uh, you, you just hit it on the head. If you've never seen a a double digit team come back and win a game, uh, just look at the Pac twelve championship game. I mean, that was uh, what a ten point spread or whatever it was at the end of the day, or more than a touchdown. Um, I think they're going to be right there again. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how the defense of of Washington matches up with the physicality 
of 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 Texas, but they kind of saw it last game with how Oregon plays, so I don't think it's going to be that much of a shock. Um, I like, you know, initially, I don't know where it's at right now. I thought the last I saw it was at four and a half. Um, I like that Washington number. I think this is a field goal game. I really do. Um, I, you know, Texas hasn't really wowed me in a way this year. They've won games and like, yes, an impressive win at Alabama, but that was a different Alabama team. Um, you know, shaky results on the road at Iowa state got the job done, but wasn't, you know, glamorous. Obviously they probably should have lost to Kansas state. Um, if, if Kansas state has any sort of, you know, special teams in that game. So, uh, yeah, you know, initially, and, you know, I'll, I'll lock something in here sooner rather than later. Uh, but my, my feel is, is, is Washington plus the four and a half on the other side. I think it's the worst case scenario for, for Michigan. Um, the only other worst I think would be, would be Georgia in the semifinal. Um, the reason I say that is, is Michigan and I know some of you say, Oh, this is a stupid statement, but Michigan is built as a big 10 team. And what I mean by that is the physicality in the trenches and they're, they're, everything's based upon that. And they try to run their team through those things. And the difference between maybe, uh, a Wisconsin or someone like that in the Big Ten is is Michigan can can dominate in those areas and get away with their I would say lack of athletes that they have on the on the outside and I think that's maybe the biggest difference in this game against Alabama. Alabama has the men in the trenches to match up. They have the five stars in defensive line. They definitely have the five stars in the offensive line because Ohio State's lost a lot of recruiting battles for offensive linemen that have gone the way of Alabama. And now you throw on top of it the speed and the athletes that Michigan has, I think that's a big, big advantage for for Alabama here, whether it be in Caleb Downs on the defensive side of the ball, a freshman All-American or second-team All-American overall, not just freshman All-American itself, or it being, you know, someone like Caleb Burton on the outside. What I saw to Michigan is, is a very good team. I'm not going to take anything away from what they did, but they lack those athletes, especially at the wide receiver position, of being able to separate from man coverage. We know Nick Saban loves to do that. And I'm not sure how much they'll be able to run the football against a defensive line that's as good as as Alabama has. So, um, I, 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 as I told you before the show, I locked in Alabama plus 115 on the money line. Um, I may do another bet on that come close to the game time on, on New Year's Day. Uh, but as I said, I think it's a bad matchup. We saw the reaction from Michigan. They can try to play it off all they want, but they know what they're getting themselves into in this one. Um, and I just have my questions still. I know he played like a perfect game against Ohio State, and again, all credit to them. They played a perfect game in that one. But um, I'm not sure if J.J. McCarthy has the ability to beat an Alabama again. So we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, I, I like Alabama in this matchup. Yeah, I, I agree on both counts. Um, you know, I, I think I like I like the points with Washington for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned. Um, you know, I, I think quarterback play alone, I think you're getting the better quarterback as a four-and-a-half-point dog in a big game. I think that goes a long way. Um, you know, it's, it's an oversimplification of the handicap, but, I, but I, <laughs> that's a big part of it. 
Um, you know, and I feel the same way about Alabama. I, I grabbed them plus 120 like the moment I saw that line open. And I, I'd still play it right around even money where it's at now. One other thought that, that I have, um, just looking at some of the look-ahead lines on DraftKings, because they, you know, they'll, they'll give you projections on various potential title game matchups and, and what, you know, what the spreads would be. I'm, I'm already grabbing a little bit of Washington plus six and a half against Michigan in a, in a perspective matchup there. Um, my thought process there is should Washington beat Texas I think we would have learned something about Washington, something very legitimizing about Washington. And what I can certainly tell you going into that game, if it should be Washington, Michigan, Michigan, this will be the best quarterback that they've seen all year in Penix. If that game happens Um, and Washington has the athletes to find ways to score against Michigan and to potentially, you know, kind of run away with kind of run away from them at times. So, um, Washington's going to struggle to stop the run in, in that game if it happens, but I think all they'd have to do is create some negative plays, and I think they'll score enough to stay in it. Um, so in a prospective national title game between Washington and Michigan, I think six and a half is too big of a number. Um, I think that number would come down should that game happen because Washington beating Texas is going to be uh, legitimizing for that. No, I think that's that – both games are going to be really good, I think. I, I – I... I'll agree on that. Again, um, don't really totally agree on how they got there, but, you know. Yeah. It is what it is, Dalton. It is what it is. It should be a great day on January 1st, and we'll obviously get more into those games as they approach. Let's let's get into the meat and potatoes here. Let's talk about, um, you know, these initial bowl games here. And um, First one we've got, you know, there, there's nothing like the pageantry and tradition of the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Uh, we played in, in Conway, South Carolina at Brooks Stadium at 11 a.m. on Saturday. We've got Georgia Southern, 6-6, six and six, taking on 9-3 and three Ohio. Uh, Georgia Southern here laying 3.5 points over under 48.5. Um, I can tell you with absolute certainty that you know a lot more about this game than I do, so I'll let you go ahead and rip and run. Yeah, no, I, I, I do definitely like um, I do like Georgia Southern here. The main reason why is that Nathan O'Rourke – the uh, quarterback for Ohio U is in the transfer portal and doesn't look like he'll play. So, um, again, this is all about information base, you know, right now. And and I really feel like Georgia Southern has a strong advantage there. The backup for Ohio name slipping my mind right now, and I apologize for that. But he's played a little bit this year, but there's definitely a drop-off in play from O'Rourke to him. So, um, yeah, I, I, I definitely like Georgia Southern here. Um, in this one, again, 11 a.m., I'll be watching a little Premier League soccer and I guess the South Carolina Myrtle Beach Bowl um, on my Saturday morning. So uh, getting ready for UFC that night. <laughs> yeah, not, nothing more exciting than, than the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Um, you know, and, and, and something something worth noting as we go through a couple of these games, you know, I don't, I don't have the exact numbers in, in front of me, but the MAC traditionally does not perform well as a conference in bowl season for whatever reason. Um, you know, I think if, if you fade the Mac as kind of a straight up rule over the last decade or so, I think you'd be pretty profitable. Um, I'm not saying that that's the way we'd approach every game, but you know, as a general rule that that's not a terrible place to start with, with some of these games. Um, next game down is the RNL carriers, new Orleans bowl from the Superdome in new Orleans, Louisiana. 
This year's edition features the Jacksonville State Gamecocks, 8-4. They're three-point favorites over UL Lafayette and the Raysian Cajuns, who enter the game at 6-6. Six and six. Jacksonville State, uh, one of the newer schools to FBS. Uh, they are three-point favorites in this one, over under 59.5. What do you got between the Cox and the Raysian Cajuns? Yeah, um, give, give me Jacksonville State. I know this is kind of a home game for Louisiana, but we've talked about before on the show, I've been so impressed with what Rich Rod's been able to do with Jacksonville State, and I think this is another spot here. Um, this is, a, though, I will say, uh, they're Dalton, um, the money line right now on DraftKings is minus 135. I would just lay that um, instead of worrying about the spread itself. Um, Louisiana has in years past played well in bowl games, but look, this is Jacksonville State's Super Bowl for the season. We know that, like James Madison, they were a team that wasn't going to be eligible this year to be in a bowl game because of the stupid NCAA rule of not being able to be eligible for a bowl within the first two years of being in an FBS. Well, because of the amount of bowl teams that didn't happen, they're in. Same with James Madison. And I think they're going to take full advantage of that. They're obviously going to be excited to be there because of that reason. Louisiana's been kind of a mixed bag of, of, of a team this year. We know what Jacksonville State wants to do. They want to run the ball. They want to have tempo. They want to run that rich route offense that obviously was so good at, at West Virginia and um, in the years past. And I think they do successfully here. So I'll take Louisiana, or excuse me, Jacksonville State on the money line, minus 135, lay a little bit of juice and not worry about the three point spread here. If you want to take the spread, I would recommend probably buying off the three, going down to two and a half, just to get off that football number. Um, and uh, But I just, just take the money line and let it be. Sounds good. Uh, as we continue through the scintillating afternoon of games on Saturday, uh, 3.30 p.m., we've got Miami of Ohio, 11-2. They will take on Appalachian State, 8-5. A couple teams who just played in their conference title games recently. This is the Avocados from Mexico Cure Bowl from Orlando, <laughs> Florida, and FBC Mortgage Stadium on campus at UCF. That's great, folks. The Avocados God. from Mexico Cure Bowl. What do you got here? We, we got App State, by the way, six-and-a-half-point favorites over under 44-and-a-half. Yeah, uh, I like Miami of Ohio on the spread. I think Appalachian State wins the game. But I feel like Miami's off defense, excuse me, uh, is going to keep them in this one. Um, we saw how hard of a time that they gave uh, of Toledo in that MAC title game. Um, definitely was on the wrong side of that. Uh, and I think, you know, for sure they could do the same here. Uh, they definitely have an advantage in the special teams as well. Their, their kicker just won the the, um, the Lou Groza Award, so congrats and to him. back apparently too. Yeah, yeah, so which is which was very good for them. So um, I know Miami's had some quarterback struggles this season, and but the backups looked all right. Uh, they're going to run the ball a lot. They're going to try to not make mistakes, and, and – and lay heavy on their defense. Appalachian State's been just a weird team this year. Started off slow. They really haven't had much of a defense. They try to rely on their offense. But when their offense gets shut down, you see what happens like that happened in in uh, the, the conference championship game against Troy where if they can't get points, their defense is, is very, you know, suspect at best. So I think Miami can have some success here offensively, lean on their defense, and cover that six and a half. Plus six and a half there. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the better matchups of the day, really. You know, I mean, these are two of the better of the better group of five teams, just in terms of, uh, you know, how competitive they each were all year. 
Um, pretty cool for, for that kicker at Miami of Ohio to, to get the shout-out from Justin Tucker, too. I don't know if you saw that, yeah. uh, but, but that, that had to be a pretty special moment for him. Um, next game, 5.45 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday. Uh, this is the Isleta New Mexico Bowl from Albuquerque, New Mexico, where it'll be played at University Stadium. Uh, New Mexico State heading up to their rivals stadium in this one. The Aggies, 10-4 and four under Jerry Kill, will take on Fresno State. Fresno State finished the season 8-4. and four. Um, New Mexico State laying 3.5 here, over under 51.5. Um, Diego Pavia continuing to lead the Aggies to success that that program is not used to. What do you have in this one? Yeah, it sounds like Diego will play in that bowl game. Um, and if that is the case, I'm going to go with New Mexico here. Um I think they're the better team overall. The line obviously reflects that. Uh, being in their home state as well. Uh, again, a team like New Mexico State, this is a big deal for them. Obviously, what Jerry Keel's done for that program has been remarkable. And, again, I think that guy's a heck of a coach. Had success at New Mexico, or New Northern, Northern Illinois. Obviously had success at Minnesota. They didn't feel like he had the health to, to be able to continue there. I think that was a cop-out in terms of, they wanted a guy like P.J. Fleck, a younger guy in, just my personal opinion. So what does he do? He takes a couple years off, and now he's doing great success in New Mexico State, a program that he can help build. And, look, they've been back-to-back bowl games now. They won one last year. Uh, I think it was the Quick Lane Bowl. Um, and I think they get the job done again here now, again, in their home state against a, a good Fresno State team. But, uh, yeah, as long as Pavia plays, again, this is one of those things where I may wait till Saturday before the game to find out if he is playing um, because there is such a drop off, but it sounds like uh, he he's going to do that. So um, if he plays, I'm on that minus uh, minus the four and a half. Sounds good. All right. Into the evening slate. First game involving a power conference team, uh, the Starco brands LA bowl from Inglewood, California at SoFi stadium. Uh, second NFL stadium of the day. We've got UCLA, min- UCLA minus four, over under 49 and a half as they take on Boise State. The Bruins enter this game seven and five um, after really sputtering to the finish line. Um, and Boise State comes in at eight and five. Um, UCLA, like I said, four point favorite here. What do you have at this one? I'm going to go with the total. I like the over 49 here. I know UCLA has a good defense, but the way off Boise State's been playing offensively, I think we get points here. I think this total is a little too low at 49. And I think, you know, Boise State has some vulnerabilities on their defense. Um, I think, you know, if it is Garbers at, at quarterback, which it sounds like it will be since, you know, Dante Moore is in the portal, um, I think he can he can do uh, a very good job against that Bruins – or excuse me, that Broncos defense – um, we know you, you, UCLA. You, we know that Boise State will travel. So, um, if you don't like the total, I would say probably Boise plus the four and a half or four, depending on what number you have. But um, yeah, I think the total is, is the play here over forty nine, and, and I think the Broncos can score some points on the UCLA defense. Yeah, it's an interesting point you make about Boise State traveling for this game. Um, you know, I, I come from a family of huge UCLA fans, and. Um, there's not a whole lot of enthusiasm, even with this game being played at SoFi Stadium in LA. Uh, you know, I'm 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 having to try to convince my parents that it's worth going to the game. 
and, and if, if they do go, the only real reason that they want to go is because it's the cheapest that you'll ever get, you know, lower bowl seats at SoFi. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think Boise State's fans certainly value this opportunity more than UCLA's. Um, and, and I'm curious to see if that ends up reflecting in the players on the field. It's definitely an interesting point. Um, final game of, of this pack Saturday slate is the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl what? from Shreveport, Louisiana at, at Independence Stadium. A um, couple Power 5 teams in this one. 9.15 p.m. Eastern, we've got Cal coming in at 6-6, six and six, a surprise entrant into the bowl, into the bowl pool this year. Uh, they'll take on Texas Tech. Red Raiders also 6-6. Six and six. Uh, Red Raiders come into this one, three-point favorites, over under 57-and-a-half. Um, I think there's a little bit, uh, a little bit of disappointment maybe for Texas Tech to go six and six, and a lot of excitement for Cal to be six and six. What do you have here? Yeah, I'm going to go with the team that's more excited to be there. Uh, I'm going to go with Cal again. They wanted, to, I mean, one of my best bets that final week of the year was was Cal because they wanted to get to the bowl game. Um, I'm going to go with Cal here plus the three, uh, and I'll probably sprinkle the money line a little bit too at plus one thirty. So. Um, they want to be there. They want to be in a bowl game bad this season. I think this is one of those things where they're going to try to take the momentum of this, carry it over in the next season. Texas Tech was a preseason darling for some to make the pack or the Big 12 championship game. Now they're not. Now they're in a independence, whatever. What was the sponsor again? Reliance Technology. Oh, shout out to them. Um, Excuse me, Radiance, Radiance Technology. Technology. Sorry. Uh, that bowl game. Exactly. And I think that's kind of how I feel like, you know, you have to go to the middle of Missouri to play this game. You're not excited for it. You know, middle of the United States, you're not in L.A., you're not in Las Vegas, you're not in Miami, you know what I'm saying? Like, Newport, Louisiana. Newport, Louisiana. Okay, I was was close enough. It's it's kind of all the same thing. It's connected. Missouri is what, right above Louisiana or something? I don't know. Two states up. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. it's close. It's close. But you, you get what I'm saying there. Like, it's not a destination bowl game that you want to go to. Um, yeah, give me Cal plus three. I'm sorry to all my former teachers for the lack of geography there. No, you're good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, look, Shreveport, Louisiana um, is not exactly a, a, you know, a five-star destination. Um, I've heard some nice things about it, but, um, you know, I, I don't think Texas Tech is that excited about that trip east. Uh, Cal, on the other hand, hasn't made a bowl game in eons, I don't think. So, um, you know, certainly they're going to be the more motivated team here. Um, I, I, I totally agree. I think they're the only side you can really look at. So, uh, Golden Bears plus three it is. Uh, we sure, got two more. Games. I'm pretty sure, not to cut you off there, sorry. My my sister's boyfriend, God bless him, um, he was in a band that played in that bowl game. And, like, the highlight of the trip was they went to warships. I'm not kidding you. Like that that's yeah. Hey, the Independence Bowl, stuff of legend. <laughs> that um, was like he went like one year they went to the Bahamas Bowl and like the next year was that one. And it was like I was what was great about the Bahamas Bowl. Well it was Bahamas. What was the highlight of that one? Well, we saw some warships. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll we'll go from Saturday night's excitement in Shreveport to Let's go to Monday afternoon at 2.30 p.m. on the campus of UNC Charlotte for the famous Toastery Bowl. Um, this game will be played between 7 and 5 Western Kentucky. 
and six and six Old Dominion. Uh, Old Dominion, shout out to them. I mean, their preseason win total was three and a half. I was on the under. I thought this was going to be one of the worst teams in, in college football. Uh, so good for them making it to a bowl at six and six. Uh, and they're favored in their bowl, two and a half point favorites over Western Kentucky and the Hilltoppers over under 54 and a half. Any bowl game that bid that big red is in attendance for, you know, on a Monday afternoon, you just can't miss. So what do you got on this one? Yeah, I'm going to go with, I you know it sounds cliche, but I like the over with Western Kentucky. I play it pretty much every year, every game, every this season. And, you know, it's been pretty profitable for me. Um, maybe not the offense they used to have with Bradley Zappi, but, on the same front, though, it's still a team that doesn't play any defense and just wants to chuck it around um, about you know, 60 times a game. And I think the same thing happens here. So uh, I like the over. Not real good feel for the side here at all. Um, I would guess Old Dominion minus a two and a half because a little better defensively. But um, I like uh, I like the over at 55 and a half. Sounds good. Um, I probably won't be able to watch any of that game. Extremely sad about it, but I will be able to watch the game on Tuesday, which is the final game that we'll talk about on this show. That is UTSA, the Roadrunners, taking on the Marshall Thundering Herd in the Scooters Coffee Frisco Bowl from Frisco, Texas, where they'll play this game at Toyota Stadium, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central Time. The eyes of the world will be on Frisco for this one. UTSA. The biggest favorite that we're looking at today, they are favored by 13 points against the Thundering Herd out of Marshall, um, over under 52 and a half. Clee, I, I could not have less of an opinion on this game. I'll, I'll toss it over to you. Yeah, I, I know it's it's another over that I like, but I think this is the case. UTSA's best defender is now in the transfer portal. He's deciding between Texas and Ohio State. He was also the conference defensive player of the year. Frank Harris will play, and it sounds like Frank Harris, I think, is going to be eligible again for next year. I don't know how that all works. feels like he's in his 15th year of eligibility, but that's college football now, or college athletics in general. Um, but I think we get points here. UTSA's defense is hot garbage. We've known that all year, and now they're without their best defender. Marshall can score it. Not great, but, you know, enough to give me, you know, 21 points, and UTSA with that offense can get me in the mid-30s. That gets you over the 52-and-a-half. Like UTSA on the side as well, but I just don't trust it enough more than I trust like the over here. So give me UTSA Marshall over 52 and a half here in this bowl game. It makes sense. I mean, Franco Harris is is one of the better quarterbacks in, in all the group of five. And you're telling me that team's also missing their best defender. Sounds like a pretty good recipe for an over. Makes a ton of sense to me at face value. Um, also, you know, you've got Roadrunners and Thundering Herd. Um, Great matchup. That's one of the best mascot matchups we're going to get all bowl season. And, um, you know, with how fast a thundering herd can move and, and how fast a roadrunner can move, you just got to bet the over in a game. Trey, like Trey so. Moore is the player I'm thinking of that, uh, the defensive end outside linebacker, depending on what your scheme is. Uh, again, conference player of the year, um, for the conference, one of the top sack gear guys in the, in, in the, in the nation, he's on the portal. He's going to Texas or Ohio state. And, uh, yeah, you don't have that guy out there. <laughs> That's a big impact on your defense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that'll do it as far as games that we're covering tonight. Just getting, you know, the, this first week of action underway and, and out of the way. Um, you know, next week we'll be back with with a huge slate. Um, you know, and, and we'll start getting into 
some of the some of the much bigger games as we go get toward Christmas and everything else. Um, you know, I mean, we, we we might have some. I think we're gonna have something like fifteen to fifteen, maybe twenty games to get through on the next one. So uh, we won't dilly dally next week. We'll just jump right into them. Um, you know, we'll, we'll we'll have to figure out what games we're gonna go through, but I think we're gonna go. Um, you know, at least at least through the through the next week. So a um, whole lot more to get to, a lot more fun. But um, you know, hopefully hopefully this weekend gets the fun started and these games aren't aren't snoozers because I need a Saturday full of college football. I agree, my friend. Uh, but you know, again, at the end of the day, we'll be begging in the middle of April when it's nothing much going on. Like, oh man, I wish college football was on on a Saturday. So yep. yeah. <laughs> We'll, we'll we'll be wishing we had the avocado from Mexico, the avocados from Mexico Cure Bowl to watch, uh, but with that we'll go ahead and, and sign off for the night. Back next week. In the meantime, appreciate all the listeners for for checking in. You know, hope y'all you know in, enjoy the games that we've got. Uh, we're, we're running out of them, so savor them, and uh, we'll we'll talk to you next week. Thanks as always. <laughs>